Hi, Mark. Mark? Mark? Safe, are you there? Yes, I am. Can you hear me? I can. Okay, fantastic. We are back on. How was your Sunday so far? Oh, it's good. It's good. Yeah, okay, fantastic. So uh, I went over the recording. Um, it looks great. Uh, if you want, I can let you know where we stopped and how we can finish the conversation. Good. Let's do it. Okay, so we uh, the last part of the conversation, we were talking about two organizations. We are Brothers.org and the Mankind Project. Uh-huh. And you finished talking about the uh, wearebrothers.org and the Mankind Project. You uh, mentioned that the um, the gentleman that I was uh, speaking to in the Toronto party probably was going to pr- workshops by the Mankind Project and that mm-hmm. they have the Warrior Weekend. And we stopped uh, right after you said, I want to use the F word. <laughs> and I said, okay, great. Let's. Uh, I'm going to stop you right here. I'm gonna get, we're going to resume. So we can pick it up from there if you wish. Yeah, Um I wish I knew what I meant by the F word. Uh, um, we can take that part out and we can just talk about the warrior weekend because you, you were mentioning. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Well, let's. I, I think we were talking about. Uh, I think we were talking about friendships and connection and all of that stuff. Uh, and so, okay, let's just start again and we'll see where it goes. Okay. Okay, so uh, I'm going to prompt you again to talk about the Warrior Weekend, and uh, then we can end it with, uh, you know, you're a listener who just finished listening to this episode talking about male friendships. Are there any questions that we can ask ourselves for self-reflection? Yeah, and before we go go to the absolute end, I would like to mention the relational parenting book. Perfect. Okay, so go for it. Let's go. Okay. and okay, I just thought of segue. Okay, so Mark, can you elaborate on the Warrior Weekend that the Mankind Project uh, does? Yeah, sure. the The Mankind Project is one of numerous uh, men's organizations out there, and when we talk about you know sort of the man box culture and the suppression of male connection. Uh, male friendships, male expression, all that stuff results in this uh, epidemic of isolation that that are confronting men and women in America. Uh, but I, I believe that this suppression of, of connection, um, this suppression of emotional expression among men is a big contributor to that, to that, to that sort of terrible level of isolation we're facing. And when men go into a social situation, they often uh, confront a fundamental question of how they should perform manhood and and whether or not they should seek to express a little more authentically, make a little more connection. Now, you'd mentioned the guy at the party who basically just said, hey, why do we have to talk about what we do? Why don't we talk about something a little more, more central to who we are? Um, yeah. And that issue faces men, because if we go into the wrong group of men and start talking about something more authentic to who we are, we often get shamed and shut down and messed with. And so men walk into rooms of men and they don't know who they can trust to have a more significant, meaningful conversation. Well, when you go to men's organizations, especially one like the Mankind Project, you walk into a room with 30 men and 
everyone is prepared to do the work and to connect. So it takes away that sense of oh, that guy over there looks like he might jump in my, you know, jump, jump in my shit if I say something, you know, that isn't appropriate to the man box kind of world. Uh, but these guys are all there to do the work and they're all there to connect and they're all there to form the kind of friendships that that men need. And, and the Mankind Project isn't the only organization that does this, but I have connected with those guys and I've found them to be not ideological in terms of any one religious, social, whatever point of view. They don't come from any one space and they don't expect us to do any one performance of manhood. They're just saying, connect, find your, your, you know, your meaning in life, find your purpose and go out there and do it. So uh, they remain a resource after you've done the weekend. There are also Mankind Project I groups, which are men's meetings that are open to folks who haven't done the weekend. Uh, so you can look for those in your city as well. But I, I think I think men need to find groups of men that they can trust uh, to be there for a single purpose, and that purpose is to connect. Yes, yes. And these are resources that you know men who are above eighteen or adults can use. But my understanding, and especially on on uh, reading more content that you have put out there, is that the, the the work that we need to do to change the narrative and the conversation actually starts uh, very early on in terms of how we raise families boys and girls, yeah, um, and you yeah. do a, a great work around that. Could you tell us a little bit more about your work? Sure. Uh, my partner and my wife, Sally Hababa, who's a, a, a couple and family therapist, and I have just released a book called The Relational Book for Parenting. And this idea of relationality, which is literally how we form relationships and how we come to understand the mechanics of making more authentic, more lasting relationships in our lives, that idea of being relational is central to this book. And while all my work and writing and conversation and speaking around the man box sort of is the problem statement, the solution for us is to learn to be in relationship. And, and men can, can begin this work uh, late in life. They can, they, we can begin this work with our young, young children, boys and girls alike face sort of prohibitions on expression. For boys, it's you know, don't show emotions, don't show uncertainty. But for girls, there are prohibitions as well. Well, while girls have a little broader allowable area of expression, they're sort of limited to the, you know, the greeting card school, which is uh, sympathy or affection or celebration. But there's there's no greeting card for grief or or uh, rage or any of the things that they feel just like we do. And so they suppress all that stuff, you know, in terms of how they perform being a female. And so all of our kids need to be in conversations which help them grow their ability to to connect across difference, to collaborate, to not collapse into the emotions of others, to um, hold uncertainty, to ask questions, to do all of these relational capacities that that we help parents understand in the book. And when you, at any age, start thinking about relational ideas, and there are, there's a lot of stuff in the book that's, that's helpful even before you have kids, um, then you start to grow this side of yourself, which allows you to be in relationship with others in more authentic ways. If you want to see the book or learn more about it, see parts of the book, see excerpts, you can go to thinkplaypartners.com. That's our website. That's thinkplaypartners. Like partners. Okay. And out of curiosity, what's the backstory of how this book came to be? 
the book um, grew out of a lot of uh, of the work that couple and family therapists do in the U.S. There are about 50,000 of them. And it's a school of um, psychology that um, comes out of the uh, comes out of social work originally in the 50s. And social workers don't view uh, a person's emotional or developmental state as being uh, exclusive to them. They look at the setting that person is embedded in, the relationships around them. And so this mm-hmm. school of uh, relational thinking, which is, uh, which is part of couple and family therapy, that's a particular school of therapy. If you, if you go and search for um, uh, a therapist, you can go for one that's more Freudian and thinks everything's going on right inside you. Or you can go for a, a school of therapy that that asks you, you know, who's in your family and who's close to you and who are you spending time talking to and what are those relationships like? So that's relationally focused thinking. And that's where some of these ideas came from. Others of them came from the process by which uh, my my wife and I uh, raised our son. And uh, he's 13 now. So some of this work is still ongoing in terms of trying to figure out what comes next with a human being who's growing and changing that fast. But what we try to do, try to do and fail sometimes. I mean, look, man, I'm 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 as prone as anybody to reacting emotionally when someone comes at me with a strong emotion, all that stuff. This is a it's a practice. It's not a set of tools. It's a it's a way of being trying to stay playful, trying to stay engaged, trying to find other ways to get to what you know we want to try to have as an outcome in parenting and as being a kid. Uh, all of this came out of um, our work in our own family and the uh, ideas that drive relational thinking, which includes the Taos Institute, uh, Houston Galveston Institute. These are folks who have been around for 30 or 40 years trying to get the world to think more, less about who we are as individuals in an individualistic society and instead look at this question of what happens when we understand that we are in a network of relationships and that how we engage those relationships will determine the quality of our lives. Yes, yes. Which leads me to the question, if I'm a listener, uh, this is, you know, the, 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 maybe even the first conversation that I heard about the definition of manhood in the 21st century, and it's starting to get me to think differently about that, uh, specifically about male friendships. What are the questions that I can ask myself to prompt some self-reflection in terms of, um, looking at my context, so that it's not just me individualistic, but looking at the context and the relationships that I have with other men, what what are some questions that I can start asking myself to look to look and find uh, more to look for and find more uh, you know healthier, more fulfilling male friendships? Well, one of the questions I think that's that's difficult to ask, but that always is nagging us in the back of our mind, is what what do people, who do people think I am based on my performance of manhood, how I present myself versus who do I see myself as really being? And a lot of boys and men talk about this disconnection between who they are inside and who they present to the world. And it, and that's where that loneliness and isolation uh, is because if we are hiding the authentic uh, expression of who we are, then no one knows us. We are unknown. 
And even though we seek to perform manhood and, you know, do whatever that is uh, in, in our peer group, which may be, you know, talking trash about chicks or or, you know, talking sports or or basically, you know, giving each other grief and put down humor and all that. But but mm-hmm. but that isn't who we are. Then we remain utterly isolated. No, how, no matter how much of that kind of social insulation or, or uh, social interaction we practice. Right. So you have to begin to ask yourself, am I do I feel empty in the relationships I'm currently engaging in? And if so, why? And what can I do to connect in more authentic ways? What people have I passed by because I was afraid to be seen with them or afraid to connect with them because that would put me outside the man box and leave me exposed? Right. The fascinating thing is, is we struggle and fight to fit inside the man box so that we won't be alone. And in doing so, we're utterly alone. Yeah. Yeah. And we're all alone. <laughs> yeah. We all yeah. want to conform to this, bo- yeah, to this box. Well, and as a result, well, we're, we're these all alone. Guys, these guys, we are brothers, are saying, look, the first step is to find guys who are willing to say, yeah, I want friendships. I do. And I want more authentic friendships. I want to talk about some stuff. And Sometimes that's not an easy search, but you'll you'll know a more authentic conversation when it happens. And instead of hiding a little bit during that, go ahead and take a risk, man. You know, connect a little more. I understand mm-hmm. that 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 guys are beginning to have more of those conversations and beginning to say, you know, I want more. I want more in my life than just uh, this caricature of what a man is. I want to perform manhood in a way which is authentic to me. And if that changes my social circle, if I end up with a with a different set of, of people in my life, those people will have been drawn to me for for who I truly am instead of uh, this stressed out caricature I've been playing. Gotcha. Gotcha. It's going to take some time for me to, first of all, take all this content, internalize it, and then be able to lead with it in terms of how I think and then act. But it's a... It's, uh... I'm gonna I'm gonna check with you in a few months and let you know how it's going, Mark. All right. If you, <laughs> I'm, if you end up, I'm gonna let you know how it's going. <laughs> if you if you end up wrecking your entire life, you have my sincere apologies. But yes. but this is really a this is really a question of can you step across this big chasm between yeah. and and I'm still working on doing this in my own life. This never ends. This is an unending process of seeking and finding better relationships yeah. and. This also, the same skill sets you need to be more authentic and connected. Also, these relational capacities that we talk about in our book, these require that we, that we also create some boundaries in our life and define clearly who we are and what we want. And they work in, in, in romantic relationships as well as in a world where we're building more authentic relationships with, among our friends. And we know from the earlier in this conversation that the health effects of remaining isolated are dramatic right but not only yeah, that yeah. this this whole angry binary internet all this rage and anger and condemnation of of people who are not like us it's all part of this utter utterly isolating world of pretending to be something we're not okay that makes sense. I generally think this is breaking new grounds. I mean, it's where uh, for me, I am redefining what I'm looking for in in uh, male relationships, male friendships, 
And, uh, and you know, you talked about boundaries. I think boundaries, romantically speaking, uh, and even boundaries in terms of friendships with, uh, with women and men. I mean, just boundaries in general in terms of who I am and who I'm not and, uh, and yeah, uh, what yeah, I tolerate. What, you, what you'll participate in. And, and I think yeah. a boundary can be about what you must do as well as what you will not accept, right? A boundary can be, hey, I'm not going to live in a world where people make me edit who I am or isolate myself. Now, clearly, I'm not advocating that people go out and express rage or, or, or um, cruelty or, or dismissal. Or yeah, 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 yeah. You know what I mean? This is not, yeah. that's not authentic in the way that I'm talking about. What I'm talking about is what, what are our stories and can we share them and begin to grow and change by doing that, right? What happened to us when we were kids? What happened? What was our relationship with our dad like? What did it mean to be uh, a kid growing up in your neighborhood when you were young? And what kind of stuff got dumped on you that you haven't had a chance to process, right? To mm-hmm. and and we're we're a country. America's a country full of angry voices, and those voices are condemning others, uh, condemning other races, other genders, other sexualities, other points of view. This is really not what we're built to do. We're built to connect with different kinds yes. of people. We're built to have a robust and diverse set of connections in the world. That's how we're hardwired. You talk about uh, mankind uh, back before civilization kicked in. The, we were hardwired genetically for hundreds of thousands of years to collaborate and cooperate and get things done in, a, in an adverse uh, context. And our our world right now needs us to do that more than ever. Well, I can't think of a better way to end this conversation than really on that note. Um, and right. so, Mark, thank you for making the time. Really, it thank was, you for making the time. It was a huge time. pleasure I mean, talking with you. Yeah, uh, my absolute pleasure. And uh, listen, you ended it with a great foreshadowing for all the topics that we would like to cover or I would like to cover in future conversations with different guests about our relationships with fathers, um, you know, uh, uh, analyzing that, thinking about families um, and, and uh, what kind of world we want to we build. So, again, Mark, thank you very much, and I look forward to speaking to you soon. Excellent, and I'm glad to hear that you're going to be another voice in this conversation. <laughs> My absolute pleasure. Thank you, Mark. I'm humbled. Have a great day. All right, bye.